Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2009, and all of a sudden, your favourites are back. Vin Diesel is back. Paul Walker is back. Some other people are back. The guy from Tokyo Drift is mysteriously back. I'm talking about Fast and Furious, the fourth installation of the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> Stay with us now. The names make absolute sense. This is Revan On, the subsection recap podcast analytical capsule collection thingy about the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm Natalie Bohensky, and with me, as always, is a man who you think is just a mid-level drug dealer, <laughs> but is actually a high-level drug dealer. It's Stuart Light. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Hey, listen, keep that on the download. We don't want people losing <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry, Stu. I will. I will. Uh, what do they say in this movie? I will not tell anyone that you've shifted more drugs than Escobar. In the last 10 years. <laughs> hey, do you know what I've been doing? Uh, what? Just a quick sidebar as we start the podcast. So I'm not. going to start with a sidebar. I'm not trying to disguise the fact that I think maybe I was a bit bored by this movie. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But I watched this movie on Stan. And the other thing that I discovered on Stan was that all of the Underbelly series are on Stan. Do you remember the Underbelly series? I, I remember them well, yes. Well, I realised I had not watched the first Underbelly series since I watched it live to air on free-to-air TV in 2008 when it came out. Like it was a weekly, we would sit down and watch it because it was such a big deal at the time. Yeah. For those who don't know, in Melbourne, Victoria, in Australia, there was a massive gangland war from sort of the late 90s to early 2000s where all these nutbag gangsters just killed each other, just back and forth, bang, 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 hits all over Melbourne. You know, Melbourne, the city of arts and culture, massive freaking <laughs> drug gangland war. I'm not judging, but, you know, don't have that many tickets on yourself. Anyway, point is they made a TV show out of it that was so controversial they couldn't actually screen it in Victoria initially because a lot of the people they talked about in the series were still before the courts. They were still waiting <laughs> and, for trials, yeah. And so it became this big interstate hit where people were, like, getting bootleg copies and sending it to Victoria. I don't know how you'd control that stuff anymore because streaming and everything, I don't know how you'd It would be stream, nearly impossible, yeah, absolutely. Back in the day, it was this big thing and it was a really exciting series full of all these Australian actors doing gangster stuff and I realized I hadn't watched it and all of a sudden I found myself binging the Underbelly series. I've just got back from Adelaide Fringe. I'm sort of slowly getting my life back into, you know, routine and all of a sudden here I am watching a whole bunch of mobsters. I'm I just find that period of Australian history really fascinating. And and the way the Underbelly series treated them, it had a knowing wink that these guys all they're not guys you want to kind of mix with in the streets. They're all dangerous, but they're also kind of dickheads. You know, they're, they're sort of, they thought they were Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Like they thought they were big gangsters, but then they were kind of just squabbling petty dickheads yes, at the exactly, same yeah. time. And so I've been really fascinated by this whole drug underworld. And then all of a sudden we come to the Fast and the Furious 4. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I've been enjoying the Underbelly series more than this movie. It would de It's definitely a, a contrast because this is a movie that takes itself very seriously. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> to diminishing returns, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
I'm still trying to digest it because what happened was uh, I watched it in two parts. So I watched most of it and then just finished the last uh, half an hour off before we started recording. And I honestly restarted it and had to remind myself, now what was happening again? And I was sitting concentrating, (laughs) writing copious notes, and all of a sudden I'm like, I can't remember what was happening. Oh, right, yeah, they're teaming up to take down a drug dealer. Cool. Yes, yeah. You know, there's no. It's like, the last one of these where it's going to feel low stakes, is, is what I will say. Okay, great. So, this is like the little bump that we have to kind of get over. It's the little. This is kind of. The, this is the movie. This is the vegetables movie. Like, like, this is the foundation movie. You have to you have to have this one to set up everything else that comes later. I see. So, we're going to get our lamb chops and mint jelly. Oh, yes. Know, and and you'll, get your, you'll get your ice cream. <laughs> okay. Okay. I want my delicious, delicious Vin Diesel ice cream. Mm hmm. What would an ice cream named after Vin Diesel be called? Like, Vin, I mean, uh, a fine vintage? No, that would be his <laughs> wine. Vindication? Well, whatever whatever uh, flavor it was, it would come in a family size pack. <laughs> there it is. Ah, oh, Stu. Stu. Ah, oh, you rascal. Uh, how are our listeners? I just want to, before I do anything else, I want to shout out a couple of patrons. Patreon.com slash girl clumsy, not plugging or anything, but hey, might as well throw it in there. I've just been doing Speed the Movie, the play at Adelaide Fringe. I've been back now for a week or so. And I just want to shout out uh, to Michelle and to Rebecca. I'm going to get that wrong, aren't I? It's not going to be Rebecca. My my mind is breaking. But um, yes, two patrons came and actually saw the show and introduced themselves to me afterwards. And I was so chuffed and so thrilled and probably slightly rude because I probably had to rush off and do another show. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you and thanks to everyone uh, who has been, you know, kicking in on the Patreon. You are very, very much appreciated. Did you know, Stu, that I was so excited about Adelaide because there's no rain there? It was going to be dry? Uh Yes. You might remember last year. I, I do. Cover. You were very, you were very, uh, very enthusiastic about that aspect of it. It was so great. I was like, "This is going to be fantastic." You know what? I didn't take into account, or I didn't think might happen. What's that? A heat wave. Yes. An famously hot in Adelaide. Uh, yeah, well, very hot. But not not as hot as it was. Forty degrees. Yeah. And dry. And 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 I know that a lot of people like dry heat. I do get it. I do when it's a little bit cooler. I think it's lovely. You know, you just sit there and you're like, oh, this is great. But when it gets to like forty, and there is no moisture anywhere, you walk outside and it's like you're in a furnace. Yeah. Like your skin is on fire. I found that really, really uncomfortable to the point where I was kind of wishing for some humidity. It's a fool's wish because I've come back to Brisbane. I'm like, hmm, yeah, it's, it's humid. <laughs> to, to, one, to one of the most humid parts of the year in Brisbane. Yes, but it is the dew point. Remember that. I, 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 I was thinking of you as, as I saw uh, weather uh, reports and people started talking about dew points. I'm like, ah, Natalie will love that. I, I, I feel, Stu, that I have done a lot to increase awareness of the dew point. <laughs> You know, I feel that I have done a lot of work for the Weather Bureau to increase the public understanding of what the dew point is. I have had people tell me that they love now looking at the dew point because they had no idea what it was. And because of my insistence and and passion (laughs) about the dew point, that helps. So that was the thing. The dew point here in Brisbane, it's sitting up around 21, 22 at the moment. That's on the very high end. I think I've seen it at like 25. Back in early summer, I saw it at 25. Adelaide. She was sitting down, you know, probably five, six, you know, on the really really low end where it does feel like all the moisture is being sucked out of your skin. And so when it gets to 40 degrees, it's on fire. You know what is not good to sit 
outside in 40 degree heat, <laughs> like ours. Yeah. A large metal bus. Yeah. Yeah. I would it's imagine it would great. not be conducive. It's not great. It's a big tin can, essentially. And it was very hot. And we were, the other thing I forgot about Adelaide is half an hour ahead. So their sunset was after 8 p.m. So our first show was in still in the light. Oh, and broad we daylight. Getting, and we were getting full after. And look, daylight's not the biggest issue. It was more the fact that the sun was setting directly in our faces. So we were getting the hottest part of the day, the hot afternoon sun, beaming in on this bus. Like imagine, you know, the magnifying glass on an ant. It, it felt like that. So <laughs> I had to cancel a couple of shows because, you know. It just wouldn't be fair to the audience It wouldn't point. be fair to the audience. The thing is, <laughs> though, because it's Adelaide, because it's Adelaide, we didn't even have that many bookings because people just go, oh, it's too hot, I'm not going out. Because so many people in Adelaide book on the day and just go, what should we go see tonight? Let's go see this. That, that's their version of Brisbane's, uh, if there's a, a single drop of rain, yes. uh, good luck getting anyone to go to anything. Exactly. So my point is, what is my point? Oh, bus-related shenanigans. What was my point? I've forgotten my well, point. Thank I you think, to the patrons. Thank you to the patrons that came. I think the broader point, Natalie, is is that um, we've been recording for about 10 minutes now and we just can't be stuffed talking about this movie, uh, which feels you, about right. I don't t- know. Do you yeah. not like this movie? Can you oh, no, I, I, I like it fine. Like, I mean, it's it just is what it is. You know, as I said, like, it's one of those movies where they kind of had to, to get this one out of the way. They had to get everyone back on deck and, and reestablish the status quo. But, geez, I wish they'd done it with a bit more <laughs> with a bit more sort of interest because it just really feels like they're going through the motions with this one. It's, it's, it's strange. Yeah, probably the most interesting part was at the very end after Dom Toretto gets sentenced to jail. And I honestly... I had to have a dialogue with myself where, I mean, spoilers, Dom Toretto has been on the run through the actions of this movie. He decides he's not going to run anymore and he faces the consequences. And the judge starts by saying, I've taken into account the plea for clemency by Brian O'Connor, Agent Brian O'Connor, and the fact that he helped bring down this drug dealer. And I was like, they're not going to let him off, are they? They're not going to let him off. They can't just let him. I mean, for the story, it would make sense if they let him off. Great victory. But they can't even... Even the, the but what the, is he even on the run? Like at, at this point, like he's. I mean, I guess like he's, he's done. He's done. Act, he, he's been a career criminal of hijacking all those DVD players from or VHR combo players from the first movie. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's what I mean. Of, it's not like he's a drug runner or something like yeah. that. Like this is the thing. This is the thing you have to keep in mind. Twenty-five to life. He's been, he's been he, twenty-five to life for hijacking like <laughs> trucks and stealing DVD players. <laughs> what the look. America has a three-strike system. If you go against it, you know, that's on you. <laughs> Meanwhile, sink a bank, fine, fine. <laughs> Don't pay tax and then run a bunch of shonky companies and businesses and then become the president, fine. Mm-hmm. No problem. No problem. Pay off a porn star, no problem. It's totally fine. Steal a DVD player, we are coming for you. Yeah. We are coming for you. Which I guess points to the whole priority of property over persons. Over, sure, or, yes. You know, late stage capitalist system. If we're going to get mm-hmm. all Marxist about it, but uh, <laughs> I think, what do I think? I don't know what I think. I think that the most exciting part of this movie was when they were carrying Dom off to prison in a bus. He's in the classic American orange jumpsuit, the prison mm-hmm. orange jumpsuit. Why did they go with orange? Do you think is it just because of visibility? I, I guess um, so, yeah. You know, it's not the most flattering skin tone uh, on most skin tones. It's not that flattering. Vin Diesel. I don't, I don't, I don't think well. they're asking most uh, most prisoners as they come in whether they're like a winter or a summer. 
you know. <laughs> Let's get your colours done, love. <laughs> but I thought it was going to be a fugitive style thing where the bus goes off the rails and he manages to escape. But no, no, no. Out come the, the troops. Of course uh, they do, yes. Led by Brian, an FBI agent who's clearly yep. breaking the law now. And who's clearly, in- well, I mean, you know, the, the whole thing with Brian I, I want to get into. Okay. Uh, and then they just Vin Diesel gives this fantastic wry smile of, oh, I know what's about to happen. But they get away with not having to show you what happened. Like, they get away with, you know, you just like, ah, they break him out. What happens to all the other people? Like, don't they get shot out? But I assume there are prison corrections officers on board with guns because they've got like 40 prisoners being transported somewhere on a bus. Yeah, exactly. It's like, a bit different to, again, hijacking a, a truck full of DVD players. Like, it's it's not... <laughs> It's not. It's an order of magnitude yeah. more like involved, and you you might have to kill someone. Like I'm not yeah. sure what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, but you know, all you need is Vin Diesel giving you a wry smile, and then you cut to the credits, and everyone goes, "Yeah, fade, fade to black, hard cut to credits. We're all good. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Because we can rescue people in our cars. We that that is that is going to become a theme going forward. Is that uh, all you need is cars. <laughs> All you need is cars. His cars. <laughs> oh no, I'll get sued by the Beatles or something for. Uh, yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to. This, this will be demonetized. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we have to become a true crime podcast, Stu, because we'll be able to get the advertisers. Then <laughs> we'll we'll get the the mattress companies, uh, the secure the home security companies. You know, they're big on on the on the ads. Who else is doing the oh, yeah. food delivery companies? Socks, a lot of socks, bed linen. A lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. A lot of consumables. Oh, shave, shave, razors. We could get some free razors thrown at a stew. You've got a beard, That's true, sure. that's true. You know, I've got hairy legs. Let's let's get on to this. <laughs> <laughs> In murder with Nat and Stu. <laughs> I just want to talk about murder, Stu. Um, but let's talk about this movie. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm delaying. I feel like you, I am. So you are. Should, you are very much delaying. We need to. We need I'm to get into so, this movie. Let's do this. We haven't talked in a long time, and I'm just so excited to be chatting to you again, Stu. That's I I'm know. All, it's it's fantastic. I'm all hepped up on good Stu vibes. Well, that's good. I, again, that was a long pause. I, I asked you. I asked you really not to mention that. <laughs> I. I <laughs> I was going to say, I told you not to mention that. We, we, we keep the, the stew vibes on the down low. That's what happens. Stew drops me off, a special, and then um, <laughs> that's what I was going to mention about Underbelly. Sorry, again, just a brief sidebar to the non-sidebar. There's the first Underbelly classic of the genre, and then I know they made a couple of remakes. I did not know how many remakes, uh, sorry, extra series they made. There are two, so dimin- many. Two increasingly diminishing returns. Like, this is the thing. Yeah. Right? Like the, the first one arguably is the best. Like, there's... It's great. Maybe, maybe season two is 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 okay as well. But then they, um, they go back in time and do other sort of famous criminals. But then yeah. the one that I started watching because I finished Underbelly was Fat Tony and Co. Did you ever? Oh, no, I, I never bothered with that. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know it existed. I was it like, came years later. Years later they went yeah, back and was, did like a prequel. It was 24. No, it's like a companion series. And oh, okay. they've got a lot of the same cast back. See, what happened with funding, right, with the TV funding, and I don't know if it's changed, but you could get money, like federal government or state government funding, for yeah. five series of something, right? After five, the idea is you have to kind of go it on your own. That's why Offspring, do you remember when Offspring, that show, did five series and yeah. everyone was like, is it going to come back? We don't know. And the answer was yes, after they managed to, you know, get some sponsors and stuff together because they couldn't get any more government funding 
that's just how it is in Australia. You, you yeah. need some of that funding to, to continue, even if you're a big station like nine or seven or whatever. So I think what happened is they ran out of being able to call things underbelly. They had to give it a new name and a new kind of look. So the credits are different, the music is different, but the tone and the theme and half the cast are the same. Well, that's but- weird though because because the they were branding everything underbelly for a while. Like there was just underbelly, 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 yeah. and it's like any kind of minor crime totally is just underbelly. unrelated. Yeah, underbelly. Stu doesn't stack the dishwasher. <laughs> Stu was with that voiceover. Like Stu Lake didn't know what was coming for him. Task Force Piranha was keeping eyes on the dishwasher. That thing hadn't been set on for a week. It was time to take him down. Look at how he's stacking the plates. (laughs) That'll never get a full clean. (laughs) He's using tabs instead of powder. (laughs) That's a sure sign he's siphoning off the powder for purposes unknown. Um, So Australian. And, and this, the, I mean, this is the thing. The, the original underbelly set the bar for swearing and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got Fat Tony, which is like this weird carbon copy or copy of a copy where half the cast is the same but the other half isn't and it's real weird. And then they do things like, you know, some of the famous assassinations that happened during the gangland wars. And it's only odd because I just watched Underbelly yeah. and saw how they did it with the big budget. And then you watch it in Fat Tony and it's like a low-budget version. Oh, so boy. in Underbelly, when Jason Moran gets gunned down, he famously was the one who got shot in the in like the the big van with his kids in the back after an AFL footy club meet yeah. for kids. Assassin came round, dumped a whole shoddy into him, left. And in the Underbelly, it's like this big production number and there are kids playing football and there's slow-mo and there's music and you see the runner coming and it's all building and it's all tense. And then in Fat Tony and Co., it's literally him getting into a Tarago there's no that, kids. They just shoot it from an angle oh that, no. like you can, you see them sort of waving at one assumes kids, and then uh, he gets in the car and looks out the side, and someone you know dumps the shoddy into it. There are no kids in the like. They honestly went, that's nah, too hard to hire kids for yeah. this bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll shoot it from this <laughs> angle. I'm not, I'm not dealing with child actors. That, that's I'm that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, it's too much. People remember the original, and so it's it's a really odd, and so to fill the time. Between all this stuff, there's just extended sex scenes of Tony Mockbell, who's <laughs> Tony, Tony Mockbell, who's this you know infamous drug dealer, yeah, uh, who went on the run and was later found in Greece wearing a really really dodgy uh, <laughs> toupee <laughs> as a disguise. <laughs> That's this right, is I funny. About that. Gangsters, actual dickheads, you know. And anyway, yeah. there's just endless scenes of him shagging his missus and just the very enthusiastic and energetic sex scenes. Uh, which are often mostly clothed, considering that Underbelly just had this has this parade of of nudity. There's just endless. It was it was in that period of Australian and and worldwide sort of TV production where you could still get away with just having gratuitous female nudity, like just crazy amounts of female can. nudity. I think you still can. Uh, I don't think you can. Although well, I, I think you have to you Twitter have to work for it harder than than these shows do. Twitter wasn't a thing in two thousand and eight. It was around, yeah. but it wasn't a thing. No one had hot so, underbelly takes. Exactly, exactly. Um, and also, you know, they were gangsters. They, the whole point is they treated women like shit, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, but yeah. well, you're sure, Just exactly. But- any excuse, like, hey, let's have another scene of Tony celebrating in his nightclub where there are just strippers in the background. There's strippers in the background, because why not? He's having another business meeting. Oh, look, it's in a nude massage parlor. 
it's so good. It's just like, hey, how do we fill the time? Another gratuitous, boring sex scene that goes on for too long. <laughs> anyway. Stu, let's get on to our minute chat. I was about to say, so 20 minutes in now and we, we're still yet to sort of dig into this movie. Um, what is, there's but, no uh, gratuitous nudity in this. There's more skirt belts. There's more tiny women in tiny skirts. But this is the thing with, you know, American movies is because they've still got to get that kid audience. So they've got to be weirdly chased. They've got to be, they've got to be clever about it. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can have yeah. girls in, in skimpy clothing. Yes. Just be, just be careful about how you shoot it and that yeah. sort of thing. Exactly. Um, so uh, uh, the minute challenge. Uh, so I, I had the first item on my list. Oh my god, they killed Letty! You bastards! <laughs> um, just because, yeah, uh, Letty gets fridged almost immediately. Uh, we get what like scenes of her. About? Yeah, just that just was so... dead straight away, dead. Because there um, she was in the opening credit, which was quite a fun Bondian opening credit scenes where they're you know yeah, yeah. they're hijacking a giant tanker of fuel for what is unclear well um, i mean like yeah it, it's weird like again it's sort of it's an excuse for them to be taking on trucks again i guess because they like that iconography of like the cars versus trucks mm. but like what is this mad max like i mean what are they they're, they're, they're stealing fuel what's going on but also there's, <laughs> there's like a truck with four tankers of petrol i think yes. or five or something and yeah, they, it's like a weird road train they snap it in half and they take two of them and of course they happen to be on an incredibly dangerous mountain road yeah, of course. Which somehow this truck with its four tankers can just navigate a very dangerous mountain road with no fence on one side of it. Going at high speed. Going at high speed, <laughs> of course. You would drive a truck. You'd be physically able to drive a truck at that speed carrying four. For sure. And they just sort of cut it in half and have two fuel tanks sort of stop. It's like, so they're going to hitch that onto their cars? I mean, yeah, it's unclear. I guess I guess they have some way of Under getting that. Bar? out of there like yeah like otherwise like what are they doing with that <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense yeah. and, and like there's this weird thing where you know uh the, uh the 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 gang are sort of portrayed as like robin hood types where they're like giving it away but the, but they're also obviously like selling it like because they say like you know fuel is currency here yeah and, and, and it's like and uh, okay. Letty goes let's make some money as she gets yeah. out of the car and goes and jumps onto a tanker bond style it reminded me of the end of license to kill stew i'm not going to lie to you that whole thing with the trucks sure and the rollovers. yeah yeah absolutely it's a very very similar uh, sort of vibe and vin diesel is like expertly able to drive his car under a rolling bouncing truck at just the right time to go I'm, look I, I will believe that dominic toretto can drive like like i'm not that, that that doesn't take me out of the the movie but like things like at the end of that sequence the tanker basically does a flip over the top of them so that it doesn't hit them yes Stuff like that becomes very okay. Yeah. What are we doing here? Like, what, what's this? What's this? It's like no, he, he times it. It's like um, old mate Sean Connery in um, I'm not James Bond, but I am James Bond, but I'm an old James Bond in the I'm Rock. To, in the on the Rock, yes, in in the Rock, not the the Rock, but not the Rock. He's rock. coming. He will get to oh, him. He is uh, where he ha- they have to get onto Alcatraz by like precisely timing. Yes, uh, yeah. through a fan that goes, you know. And you have to get the timing right. And a bunch it's of flames a, for some reason. Always flames. Or a swinging, uh, like a big swing, you know, like on those Ninja Warrior programs where you have to yeah. kind of dodge a big swinging sword. Big swinging pendulum. Yeah, pendulum or an axe, you know, like a big axe yeah. that's sharp and you'll get taken off. And But, yeah, you're right. She dies. She's kind of – she dies off screen and then they do a flashback to see show her death on screen and she's murdered by a dude, uh, a henchman. 
as it was uh, of this guy Braga. But I was kind of disappointed by her death. I was a bit, oh, mm. oh, because he leaves her. Cause... Yeah, it's it's very it's very anticlimactic. Yeah, it just sort of just sort of happens, and it's done almost purely for plot reasons. Like, like they, it's basically to give Dom something to do. Yes, he needs a driver, doesn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't need a driver. Obviously, he's the driver, but he needs no, he, an emotional he, driver. He wants to. He that's that's his motivation for wanting to infiltrate Braga's gang yes. is is to get close to the guy who killed Letty. Yeah, it just feels was... it just feels like a waste of a character. She Michelle Rodriguez is great. Like Letty was pretty cool, and she doesn't. They have great chemistry. What's that? She doesn't come back in the series. Uh no comment. I see. <laughs> I was trying to dance around that, but. but... I see, because I I was like I could have sworn that I've seen her still on posters and stuff. Look, but I could be imagining. I, I wouldn't want to ruin anything for you. you don't so want to no spoil comment. anything. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. What's next on your list? <laughs> um, the next item on my list is um, I guess Brian is back with the FBI. Like so, that's... Brian in this in this uh, thing because he was because I went back and checked. He was a he was an LAPD policeman. He was a police officer. He was a police officer. Yeah. Right. With the LAPD, and they were working with the FBI. Yes. Somehow, between the events of Too Fast, Too Furious, and now, he has become like a hotshot FBI agent? He got recruited. There is a line where he says, don't make me regret recruiting you, O'Connor. Uh, you know, some FBI jerk in a suit. They sure. always, you know, You know that way that you write dialogue to just slightly yeah. explain? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, what does he want with us? The this people. <laughs> oh, right, you're this, this people. Like, okay. I wrote on my uh, notes, and it's on my minute challenge as well, but uh, when I was writing this, I went, so, because you see Brian, and I just, the first time you see Brian, I just went, Brian is back. He's in a suit doing parkour. Yes. Because <laughs> you just see him chasing a dude through a flat, and then the – Yeah, he's – and, and not only that, he's weirdly like I, I don't know how to explain it, but but oh, I, I probably should find a way because I'm trying to articulate that. But <laughs> he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie; like he just sort of he's like an unstoppable force. It's weird until the end, where he you know gets a injury. Sure, in yes, absolutely. But but like stuff like that, and then there's a point where like he gets into a fight with that other FBI agent, and he just wrecks him, like. <laughs> Throws, ah. him, throws him face first into a wall and then beats the shit out of him. And suffers no consequences. Suffers because, no consequences for this. Because he's like, we're all adults here. Or the boss we're all like, adults we're here. All... You guys have got it out. You, you, yeah. you guys have got it out of your system. Yeah. As if they had a little scuffle and not like borderline <laughs> killed a guy. And I mean, he's messed up. They, they, they go yeah. out of their way to show him being all... Like his was, face and nose is broken. He was and also like a mega dick to Brian. Like he he was, was a super dick, but like, you know, also uh, it's just bizarre. I don't know. It's it's weird. Brian in this movie is so weird. He feels almost like out of character. It's strange. Well, I wrote in my minute challenge not to jump the gun, but I, I couldn't help but notice how mature he seemed by comparison to the earlier two movies. Yeah. In, in those first ones, he's a bit more surfer dude. He's, he's, in, he's in T-shirts and shorts. His hair's a bit longer and mussier and he's a bit like, hey, I'm a bro. I'm gonna go surfing. You want? It? I'm gonna drive my car. Whereas in this one, he's. Uh, when was Too Fast Too Furious? Two thousand and three, maybe. Yeah, and this is two thousand nine. So, so this is seven years or six, six or seven years. Yeah, and he's like filled in to become a man, if that makes sense. Like he's more. Yeah, no, I get mature that. Mature yeah. and manly, and all of a sudden, I was like, damn. Why it's so unfair that men get to be kind of cute boys, and then they become like <laughs> men. You know, they become like. Hey, I'm a man. Vin Diesel looks the same, but yeah, they gave Paul Walker a haircut and put him in a suit and tie, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you look That's like you man. know what 
you look like you have a good savings account and you know, <laughs> know how to fix things around the house that aren't cars. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you mean. But he is still a bit of a loose cannon. He's reckless and he doesn't He's he doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> the next item on my list was uh, tunnels. Lots of tunnel work in this movie. Um, what was going on with the tunnels? Uh, it's confusing. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I understand well, they, like what's happening there. There, but, but, but were they tunnels between the US and Mexico? Was that the yes, idea? exactly? Yeah, it was supposed to be the US Mexico border. Although I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's like a mountain range separating the US and Mexico. And if there was, that feels like that would solve a lot of problems. But um, yeah, it just sort of uh, like well, that's they, how they, they were smuggling the drugs is by going through a mountain. Yes, that they were driving across the desert in areas that are highly patrolled by the US border force and they were getting around that by going through tunnels that would come bring them out I guess beyond the border like, like, like definitely beyond the border but like it must be a fair way beyond the border it, it was like the 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 bat cave it, it's like Adam West's bat cave where the big the stone opens and then very much so yes and then you you go out and then you're in the bat cave yes mm. it's, it definitely seems that way and also the tunnels themselves are like wacky Indiana Jones tunnels with yeah, like rickety like, mine shaft rickety mine shaft tunnels exactly like it's it's <laughs> Held up by very wooden strange. pylons and yeah, well, yeah, like and and very like you would think if you were building a bunch of tunnels that you wanted to drive cars through, that you would make enough room that the cars would go through okay, and they wouldn't have to do like wa- weird driving stunts to get through <laughs> the tunnels. But uh, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a international drug dealer, so <laughs> well, I just thought that was it was interesting because again, you go back to like the meeting where they had and they went, you know what? Let's spend a huge amount of time and resources to as unobtrusively as possible yes. drill out drivable holes. Like dr- drill dr- drivable tunnels through a mountain. And this is the thing, Stu. It's not just, say, a one-kilometre tunnel or something because they're no. racing cars through them at high speeds. Yes. So there must It's, be it's long least- enough for a, an action sequence of several minutes. Yeah. It's got to be 10 to 20 Ks of track. Yes, there. exactly. So how like so, that something not- that, something that would cost billions of dollars and take yeah. take years and years for like a, a regular city to do. I mean, I guess it's easier if you don't need the permits and you don't have to resume properties. <laughs> people, you know, you don't have that one person who refuses to sell, and then you have to build the tunnel around their house. Maybe they could recruit a whole bunch of cheap labor from Mexico if they're you know they're the Mexican side of things, and like, hey, we've got all these people hanging around. But what nobody happened to mention someone hey we're yeah we're out here working on this uh you know illegal tunnel through the mountain range and nobody saw from the others look logic i shouldn't be <laughs> i like james bond films i shouldn't be questioning silly logic but yeah it just seemed like a lot of work again maybe they were disused mine shafts maybe they were like maybe like they started i didn't get the then... sense that they were though that they felt purpose-built well they were definitely two cars wide <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So there was an overtaking lane or a coming the other way lane, depending on what you were doing. <laughs> the next item on my list was most obvious twist ever. The fact that Braga was uh, that guy. So do you know, Stu, if I yes. can just admit my ignorance, I didn't get that. And part of Natalie Misser of Obvious Twists, um, because that's exactly where I stopped when I, I stopped just at the point where they had pulled up for their meeting with Braga. And so when I flicked on the TV to watch the second, you know, the last bit, yes. 
and it started with that scene and I had I couldn't remember where I'd left off and what or what had happened so I was looking at it and then they're looking at this older guy wearing a pink tie and they're looking at him going hmm did you wear pink when you came up through the El Barrio and he's looking at them suspiciously they're looking at him and then they said you're thinking what I'm thinking he's not Braga and then it all unfolded and I went oh okay yeah so the right hand man was actually the dude all along I feel like that's been in a Bond movie. Has that been in a Bond, in a Bond movie? Am I? Uh, well, in um, in Live and Let Die, Yafid Koto is um, yes, both he's both Mr. Big and Kananga. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, yes, he's he's both slightly different, but along in the same family. Yes, same sort of thing. Same family. Um, uh, so yeah, <laughs> I completely missed that that twist because I. But I did notice. I did notice that Braga hadn't shown up yet. I was like, oh, that's interesting. We haven't seen any kind of you mm. know behind the scenes with. Dr. Evil kind of scene, you know, behind the scenes with the villain <laughs> plotting. Uh, we've just heard about him, heard about him, heard about him. Like, you know, he's the dude from Breaking Bad or something, you know, Heisenberg. Ooh, Heisenberg. Um, <laughs> so I should have been on the run for that. But I think, again, maybe I just wasn't invested enough in this film. I think that was, def- that, that was definitely a factor for me. Like, it's like that they do that reveal. I'm like, yep, okay, fair enough. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those things where it's just... Yeah, okay, that happened. Like, I don't know how that affects anything. I guess people watching the theatres might have been impressed. I don't know. I'm not, I'm certainly not. Yeah. That was fairly obvious to me. I don't know. It, it seemed very, like, I mean, obviously I've I've watched the movie before, but it's like, it just seems so obvious that he's Braga. Of course he's Braga. Like, he's, yeah, anyway. In terms, of, in terms of villains too, like I mean, like he's—it's the first time we really have. I mean, we've we've had villains before, but they, you know, he's very much in that. You know, he's a drug lord that they need to work for and take down, just like they did in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes, um, yes. It definitely feels oh, like yes. they're sort of retreading old ground at this point. Well, yeah, they are, aren't they? Gosh, I hadn't even thought of that. Um, because that, that's was... that's basically exactly what they had to do in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes, they had to run some stuff, and they even had to do a test, and and you know, like a like a test run. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I guess what else is likely for you know illegal street races? I mean, yeah, exactly. Drugs are probably the only drugs and DVD players too. <laughs> they, well, they, exactly. They're, they're your twin pillars that fund the illegal street racing scene. This might be a good point to to talk about. This movie is sort of the inflection point for the series because this is the last movie that really hangs its hat on these are movies about street races. Okay. Right? This is the last one. Um, From here, they they start expanding their horizons, shall we say. I see. Um, Okay. You know, still car-based, but instead of everyone being focused on, like, you know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, it's like, what can we do with car-based shenanigans, basically? (laughs) Um, so How it's it's, it's very out? interesting that this movie was the last one where they sort of were like, oh, okay, well, you know, obviously this is, this is a series about street racing, right? So we've got to have lots of street racing in it. And there is a lot of street racing in this movie and it's all stuff we've seen before. It's kind of weirdly boring <sighs> in that way. I, I Look, I will admit, do you remember when we watched that porno? Um, I, I do, I do. Yeah, it was a fun time. If For those who are new and think I just said something amazing Stu and I get together all the time and watch pornos um <laughs> no I just watch underbelly and you see enough tit yeah you don't that's need it. to go to a porno. Just, porn it's it's legitimate drama free-to-air network porn um <laughs> but yeah Stu and I watched a porno because I'd, I'd never watched one I was doing a sort of do a lot of new things and we watched the pirates porno and the sex scenes initially are awkward 
when you're sitting watching a porno with someone going, oh, we actually yes. have to sit through this. And yeah. then they just become kind of boring <laughs> to the point where near the end of the film, we had to agree and like, look, let's just fast forward a few of these. Let's fast forward through this porn, porn oh, scene yeah. because it was literally, so uh, you, you can you can get an R-rated version of that movie with all of the hardcore sex scenes taken out of it because it's a fun B-movie parody of, of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, yeah. That's actually like legitimately kind of funny and, and <laughs> well acted. You know, it's and, not and, bad. You know, it's, it's not bad. bad. It's not bad. It's um, not bad. And, and then said, the, the-, the most heartbreaking thing for me was when the lead actor, who was this kind of weirdly yes. charming, yeah. you know, I am a pirate, I'm a captain something, I'm a pirate, and then all of a sudden he has to have sex with people and you're like, oh, I don't want to watch him having sex with people. <laughs> it's like the opposite result to what they wanted. I was like, I want to see him continue being a, a goofball because yeah. you can't act goofball when you're actually having sex with someone. Like it's really hard to maintain a, <laughs> you know, when you're, like if you're pretending to have sex, Sex. Yes, you can you can do funny things, but when you actually have to concentrate when you're actually on, having like explicit <laughs> you, like, sexual what, intercourse, what, what they always say, you know, men in porn they're under a fair lot of pressure to deliver. So when you're like really focusing on your job at hand, you can't kind of maintain your jovial pirate character. <laughs> Although I will say he he does a better job than you would expect. But anyway, hey, look, that's... I'm not trying to criticize. I'm not criticizing <laughs> whatever his name is. He did a great job, um, multiple jobs. Multiple, <laughs> multiple jobs at the one time in some scenes, but he, uh, yeah, it was it was one of those things where I was like, ah, oh. and so to add to that, the car scenes in this were for me a little bit like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly, brum 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 brum, and there's the money shot and the finish. So yes. it's I don't want to compare the two necessarily, I but I just did. So I mean, look, this <laughs> this is a lot of this is porno for car enthusiasts. I wish um, they would acknowledge that's what it was. <laughs> I just wish they could say to themselves, you know what? I'm not that interested in porn with women. I just really get off on. I just really love cars, man. And, yeah. Well, haven't they? Haven't there been those shows about people who marry their cars, or there's like some sort of actual sexual fetish involving cars? Sure, but I don't. I don't think the car guys are, are, full, are that far down the rabbit hole. I think they just really like cars. I don't know, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> And the the final item on my list is Wonder Woman is in this movie. Uh, Gal Gadot as uh, Giselle. And look, can I say, this is what I wrote down in my notes about this, is Gal Gadot had a flat butt. Yeah, yeah. Very in style at the time. This this was still the year of the flat butt. This is pre the the Brazilian butt lift. Definitely pre-Brazilian butt lift. I don't know, because in Wonder Woman she's wearing a skirt, can't really tell, but she, you know, famously works out a lot for those, put on muscle. I assume she would have been doing a lot of weighted squats. They're going to build up your, bu- your your booty. But she came out and I was like, oh, my God, that's what. And she's, like, gorgeous, of course. She's she, she's stunningly beautiful. Stunningly but, beautiful. But she is but she's noticeably skinnier in this movie. She's yeah, like a wife. Up and down. And I went, Wonder Woman has a flat ass. <laughs> I don't know why that made me feel slightly justified for a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got something you don't, Gal Gadot, an eating problem. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Isn't that is, just to examine my own internalised, you know, uh, misogyny and, and um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, internalised something. Yeah, yeah. Pa- patriarchy. I don't yeah, know. yeah. My internalised patriarchy is like, oh, the first thing is I look at this incredibly talented, beautiful actress and I'm like, flat butt. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, they are putting it right in the center of the frame. Um, uh, so, you know, true. It's the equivalent of the underbelly dance. Indeed. Yeah. It's not hidden away. It's, so it's, a, it's a feature, not a bug. I think the 
boobs must have been fake in a lot of the underbelly women because a lot of them are so, you know, when they're so like carved. Right. When the boobs are. They, they don't move much is, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, they kind of can sit and they walk out and they're always walking out in like just underwear or a G-string or something or a small pair of panties or whatever. And they're all really slim. And there's just these boobs that kind of, you know, they look like they've been stuck on, you know, like a pair of coconuts, half coconuts. Uh, yes. It's that kind of boobs. I mean, they've yeah. obviously got mm. good surgeons. They don't look unnatural, <laughs> but they don't seem to have, they seem to be, you know, anti-gravity boobs is what I'm saying. Yes. I, um, I understand what you're saying. Yes. So I'll go on to my list. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's my list. That's the last time I'm on my list. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, my, the first thing uh, on my on list your was- list? Oh my God, is that Gal Gadot? Because <laughs> I was not expecting her. I don't know how I missed this Gal Gadot is from the Fast and the Furious movies. Then I wrote, Vin is back. So is Brian. He's in Yes, movie. yeah. I didn't really I didn't really mention that. Yeah, but, but yeah, he's back. Dom Toretto is back. And Dom Toretto has, there's a lot of close-ups of his cross slash crucifix. It, it's, I think it's just a cross. Maybe it's on yeah, the Yeah, this, this is the first movie where that shows up and that will become basically his like, Superman sign that that's his that's his iconography. Yeah, so like Dominic Dominic Toretto is a is a is a singlet and a that crucifix. Well, I think it might be rosary beads because a crucifix specifically refers to when there's a figure of the big JC <laughs> on. I was yeah, yeah the cross. sure. If you, wanna, wanna, if you want to get technical, it is just a silver cross, I guess. Yeah, I wanted to bring it up, though, because and I don't want to bring up underbelly it again, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Because there's this weird sort of religious element to Vin and his, obviously he's on a quest for revenge, it's a bit eye for an eye, but also Braga, the villain, um, who kind of dresses in dirty leather for most of the movie until he's revealed as the bad guy and then immediately dresses in like a flashy suit. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Why wouldn't he still be keeping up the pretense? What are we doing? No, no, all of a sudden he's like, no, I'm in Mexico now. I can relax and be my true flamboyant self. And he's got the paisley shirt on with the cuffs. And anyway, so he turns up at a church to to give the priest some money, I guess bribery money, and get a blessing. So he's going for an indulgence. This is medieval stuff. It's literally an indulgence. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he's, you know. I may kill people and sell drugs, but hey, here's some money for the church, so I'm helping the community. Absolve me, Father. Sure. They do a bit of that. But, of course, it's Mexico. So, of course, it's Catholicism. It just made me think, like, Vin Diesel and his retribution thing and why I bring up Underbelly because it features in that a lot as well. You often have some of these these gangsters, like, holding rosary beads and, you know, going to churches and crossing themselves and stuff like that. And there's this weird religious overtone of you're you're behaving despicably you're a gangster you're murdering people you're selling drugs whatever Mm. but you cross yourself and you pray and say go to god or something and it's like it's i don't know that jesus is is a gangster (laughs) kind of famously had a very hippie sort of Guy turns the, the the chair around and sits down. You yeah, know who else robes. was a famous gangster? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You know who used to, to like to snort a few lines and go and kill some dealers who hadn't paid him back in a month? Probably Jesus. not Jesus, but but I can show <laughs> this in somehow. Hey, hey, he did have 12 disciples. You can't tell me they weren't out. That's true. Know. He had a crew. He had a crew. They were probably, I don't know, getting the... The wine, you know, he's he's tapping, he's he's the cook. He's turning the water into wine. <laughs> that's, that's it. The disciples are getting it out there and then they've got to go collect. 
Maybe that's why Lazarus had leprosy because he didn't pay up. I don't know. The <laughs> metaphor is getting – it was working though. I want to do a sketch now, drug yeah. running Jesus. There's but something the, there. But the thing is is that they go into this church and somehow they're able to find him immediately in the church and none of his bodyguards go in with Braga so yeah. they just get him and take him away. That seemed very easy. But in terms then, of the religion thing, it's always Catholicism and it just made me think like you don't – it doesn't work if it was, say – well, it's because Catholicism is the most flamboyant of the Christian and it's, denominations. And it's hardcore. Like you yeah. can't imagine someone going, forgive me, Father, I'm a high church Anglican. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, it just, We're very it, boring and very straight-laced like, and it's we, fine. You know, Eddie is unfamously with the with the cake or death, the tea and cake with the vicar or death is the, the Anglican Inquisition, uh, cake or death. And <laughs> it is true. It's like you were like, oh, we're Baptists. So even though some of the weirdest religions are those weird evangelical American ones, but yeah. for movies and TV shows, it's got to be Catholicism because you've got to have the priests. If you want that iconography, yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, because that was what all the, the Reformation was about is taking all that bullshit out of the – and, I, you know, I grew up, I'm christened a Catholic. I'm very lapsed. But, you know, it's all the pictures of Jesus doing shit and having – things flogged and his mum crying and <laughs> Jesus and, and God and angels and shit. And the Anglicans are like, well, we've got nothing. We don't want anything. It's all, <laughs> about, it's all about just stripping all this back. We've just got a very basic beige room and we are just sitting here and having a, well, actually I should, high church Anglicans are a bit Catholic light, but, um, you know, all the Protestant religions, which are like, ah, oh, no, no, take away all the finery. That's just the church spending money that it could be giving to the poor on themselves. And the Catholics are like, yeah, but it doesn't, like, it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work going, I've got my little, um, my English book of prayer uh, and I'm just going <laughs> to square on that and then I'm going to go out and commit revenge against a, a Mexican drug dealer. Okay? Is everyone okay with that? <laughs> everyone all right? Have we done the raffle? All right, I'm just going to pop out and load my shotgun and um, <laughs> knock off a few drug dealers who've been really frustrating me. But I'll be back for our Bible group and choir later tonight, everyone. It's just, it's funny. It's like, yeah, Catholicism is the only kind of cool religion in movies. <laughs> that's, a, that's a potentially controversial take. I, um, I, I, uh, but you know what I mean? In an action movie, you don't Yes, exactly. Get... No, no, exactly. I mean, it, has, it has that heightened sort of iconography that a lot of people... Uh, a lot of filmmakers sort of will will grab onto and and throw in there, and it, it's it, but it does feel it feels weirdly shoehorned in here. It's it's strange, like just all of a sudden, like we have this scene in the church, and it's like, oh, I guess he's like religious. I guess like I didn't what? take it as religious as more as just it's you know it's keeping up the bribery with the with the church, and you know Mexico is a dominantly Catholic. Sure, country. sure, but I, I was, I was, I was trying to figure out like exactly what was going on there, and like I was, I was thinking, oh, he's either paying off the priest or he's about to kill the priest. Like I didn't, I didn't know what was gonna, you, you don't know what's gonna happen, and then all of a sudden, and then it's like, no, no, he's just giving money to the church uh, so that he can go a, in and. I think it was a, a convenient way to get him on his knees, so Vin could do the whole cocking the gun that is sure, exactly, and then him looking up and being like, oh, I'm prepared to meet my maker sort of look. And then he's like, you're a no hero. And he says, you're right. I'm not. You're going back across the border. But I am going to go kill that other guy. Oh, I'm, yeah. I've got it in for him. We are, we are, I'm, I'm definitely killing that guy. You can face justice. And on U.S. soil too. Oh, were they on U.S.? Well, this is the thing. I noticed, and I'll be interested to see if this changes, but they don't ever 
actively kill people. It's always by car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and this one too. No one sort of you kills directly. Yeah, you couldn't have Vin Diesel actually shoot the guy in the head. Yeah, cold blood. Because ostensibly he's like a hero. Exactly, character. but you can have him drive his car at the guy at a million miles an hour as he prepares to shoot Brian or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. then it's like it's self-defense and it's then also you're, Then you're saving, car. you're saving your friend. So there's a bit of distance and then you can call him a pussy. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes. And I realised looking back at my notes that he had said, because that guy Phoenix, yeah. but spelt F-E-N-I-X because. Because cool. Cool. He ran nitro meth. Yeah, I, yeah. There's... I thought it initially was like a souped-up amphetamine. I was like, oh, my God, the guy's on nitrometh? Wow. <laughs> he, he there's a new drug him. on the street called nitrometh. Is that what Ben Cousins was on all this If you're not from Australia or don't follow AFL, yeah, um, just Google Ben Cousins meth and um, enjoy. So what was I saying? Yes, so, so no, what was I saying? No, nitrometh. Nitrometh. Meth. Nitromethane something. It's a type of nitrous for your car. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, and this and is, Vin this Diesel is the thing. says only pussies use nitrometh. And then at the end when he actually kills the guy, his word is pussy. It's not, I mean, I look. It's not great. I don't quips, love it. <laughs> bond quips are not often not the greatest. I can accept that. But it's, yeah. Like yeah, it's, you couldn't it's, come yeah. up with something. You know, you had to go with pussy. Uh, Maybe that's all the discerning sure. audience of Fast and the Furious movies can handle. Maybe they couldn't handle a, you know, I'm just uh, touring a Gran Torino. <laughs> or I'm just, uh, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm seeing if Phoenix will rise from the flames. <laughs> okay, that didn't work on Stu. That's a very, very, uh, <laughs> uh, what is that laugh? That's a pity laugh. I think that was a pity laugh. The thing that really got me about um <laughs> The, the the weird like disdain the Dom had for nitrometh was that it's like you use nitrous like like what what are we what are we talking about car guys are probably screaming at me right now apparently there's probably yeah. like a big difference between nitromethane and nitrous oxide I'll try and ask my brother um, I do yes. have his comments for this movie but I didn't know to ask that so I might try for next week and just see is there a difference between nitro and nitrometh. Like why? Why was that the line that was crossed into pussy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, pussy is not an insult. It's no. a pussy is not weak. A pussy is quite strong. Exactly. To be honest with you, uh, they have to be, particularly if you do your kegels. Indeed. You're fine. Next on my list, now that I've mentioned kegels, tick. Oh yes, I mentioned the the drug dealer. He's worse than Escobar. I just, for some reason, I love the line, like, this guy's pushed more heroin in 10 years than Escobar. No, he's pushed more heroin in 10 years and more heroin in the last year than 10 Escobar did in 10. Anyway, some reference to Escobar. So you're like, oh, Escobar. Okay, I know. Oh, he must be real bad. I just wrote racing. Oh, I wrote, did Letty just dot, 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 die? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, she did. They, they killed her off. Undercover drug runners. There's some tunnels. Uh, and pussy and religious Catholicism. So, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of covered off my list. I'm just scanning through my notes that I took while I – oh, we, we start to get a bit of the family stuff, actually. The, the, because what, this this what's is definitely – yeah, so, so this, is, this is like basically the relaunch of the series. Like, So we had the first movie, obviously, which was a thing. The second movie, they were like, oh, can we make these without Vin Diesel? Can we just keep Brian around to various levels of success? 
And then the third one was, do we need any of the original cast? Can we just make a bunch of car movies and call them Fast and the Furious movies and that'll get people through the doors? And this was the one where they're like, no, we need that original cast back. So let's get everyone back. Vin Diesel can be a producer, you know, and have input into like creative input and that sort of thing, which is what I think sort of happens with this one where he comes on and sort of says, you know, he's a producer now. He wants to have more creative control. And a lot of the family stuff then comes from that. Like it's always been there. It's been there in the first in the first movie and, and all the way through. Yeah. But this is the one where they sort of really are like, no, 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 we're, we're not just like, you know, a crew, we're a family, you know. That's the... <laughs> well, you get his sister back. Yeah, uh, exactly. Mia yeah, Mia, Mia's back. And she looks a lot more polished than she did in the first the first film. Well, everyone's uh, a bit older. That's the thing. Like, like, and and yeah. they, they were meant to be relatively young, I guess, in the first movie, but everyone's just that much older in this movie. Well, they, they mentioned five years, I think, is the date. Yeah. It's like, you left five years ago. There's some sort of specific reference to the to the date. So, again, I did notice that I left this out. I, I did have it in my minute challenge. I've skipped over it. But Han is there briefly. Yeah, so I was going to, yeah, I, I, I forgot to write it down too. But, yeah, so so Han is there at the start and, and says... <laughs> You know, uh, maybe I'll go to Tokyo. <laughs> I hear there's some things happening in Tokyo. Here's this crazy things happening in Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's this, the this movie. is that's the that's name that, of the other movie. That's the name of the other movie. <laughs> but I thought there was going to be more of him. I was kind of sad because you hyped yeah. him up so much. Because well, you you bring him back, and you know, for like basically an extended cameo in the in the the start of the movie, like it's just sort of like oh, that's that feels a bit like a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Does he come um, back again? Uh, no comment. <laughs> oh, man. I've been watching too many crime shows where everyone says no comment when obviously <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, well. I binge watched uh, all six episodes of the latest Vera that went to BritBox because I'm obsessed with Vera. I just love a crotchety old northern English woman telling criminals, well, settle yes. down, pet. Now, did you do this, pet? Did you do it, love? Come on now. I won't have you <laughs> holding out on me any longer. I'm really misaligning. I'm, I'm misrepresenting Brenda Blethyn here. She is awesome. But, yeah, it's just like mwah, beautifully clean murders. <laughs> you know, people die and you move on and nobody comments on the disturbingly high murder rate in this. <laughs> Well, that, that could be for any British any British crime show set in like yeah. a small country town. It's like, well, this is set how many like, people die here? It is. Yeah, it's more that it's more that they're always you know complicated murders with many potential um, killers yeah. that have to be eliminated <laughs> one by one, and you can tell you know that the first one that they charge inevitably isn't the one that they did it because they're only you know twenty minutes into the episode and they have another hour and ten to go. So you can firmly rule out your first choice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I just want to watch English crime shows where people are, oh, delightful. But yes, Han. So Han was there very briefly and is gone again. And I was kind of disappointed because you'd hyped Han up and I enjoyed him last week. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good character. Sure hope he, we see him again. Uh, I wrote down a few things. This is not the Boy Scouts. Oh, there's a there's a few club scenes. Oh, I wrote down there's a lot of lipstick lesbians in this. There's a lot of good looking lesbians, just well, chicks getting it on. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot um, of pretty girls like kissing each other. Yeah, in See, obviously titillating was, way. When I was young, lipstick lesbian meant women who were like, you know, 
oh, I'm totally into girls, but I'm at college. You know that trope of like college sure, girl, yeah. gay at college or whatever. And that's what lipstick lesbian meant. But then I've subsequently heard that it can also mean like a real thing now where women who are like feminine lesbian or more feminine lesbians are called lipstick lesbians and it's like a thing. Oh, and I was okay. like, oh, I'm going to offend somebody. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that's what I heard is like, oh, lipstick lesbians who are like, oh, yeah, I'm totally into girls. Mm. Not saying that that's wrong. You do you, boo. But, yes, it felt like this movie, again, for the – predominantly I assume young male audiences like quick let's have some chicks pass each other at the parties yeah. there's just pashing chicks everywhere yeah but it, I guess it, they can't it feels overused, but <laughs> yeah in underbelly there are pashing chicks who also have their boobs out so it, again it's America it just shows the puritan puritanic puritanical nature of American movie making where it's like well we can have girls pashing everywhere but oh mm. no you can't show boobs <laughs> it's very chaste pashing yeah um, exactly uh, yeah, Brian and Mia have another passion. Um, yeah, so they, they reconcile and then at some point Dom finds out that Paul was one of the last people to speak to Letty because it turns out that Letty oh. was actually a – like had, had gone undercover yes. for the FBI so that at, is the- at Brian's insistence. I actually have in my notes when I saw her, I was like, oh, so was she a recruit? Was she running undercover? So I picked that twist, funnily yes. enough. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, not, to, not to brag about myself too much, but that to me seemed obvious. <laughs> that, like Dom had left her because he didn't want to get her involved in his life on the run. And, of course, her thing is yeah, to go, so- I'm going to go to the FBI and see if I can infiltrate a crime gang so I can get Dom you know, exonerated on something I, else. Also, I don't think that's how it works. Like, I don't think that's well, how no, it would ever you, work. But yeah. you would think that if that was the case, that the judge at the end might go, look, you helped bring down a drug dealer and also your partner who was trying to do something to get you exonerated died. So maybe we'll cut you some slack and let you not go to jail for 25 years to life for stealing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's, um, it's crazy. There was something I wrote down here. Oh, at one point Gal Gadot asks him what his ideal woman is and he has this weird, this is Vin Diesel, has this weird speech about eyes that look like they want to eat you and then something about 20% angel, 80% devil, and I just write, that's an odd percentage. <laughs> it's also, it's like, also like, again, weirdly like patriarchal, like, like it's very much, but yeah, but like, it, like, yeah, like normally... You know, if you were going to have a T-shirt or a bumper sticker, it's normally like 1% angel, 99% bitch, or that's what you put <laughs> on your tacky thingies. Um, or you would say 50% angel, 50% devil. Like to me, 2080 seems like an odd breakdown. That's a, that's an odd split. Yeah, it's exactly. Odd, I would go 90-10 or I would go 50-50. <laughs> sure, sure. Like I, I can't, you, can't, even, you, can't do, you can't do 70-30? I think I could do 75-25. <laughs> Because that's like a quarter, you know, that's an even amount. Sure, just, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. I feel like 20% a- angel is very odd. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, so hang on. And then there was the other thing where they had to do that street race, which the, the, the difference with this street race, the test street race, was they didn't close off the streets. So they had they had to drive around other cars. Yeah. There were a number of very bad accidents during that race. Yes, yes, like, there were. innocent people... And enough that it would have like, it would have been like it would have been a massive scandal on the news. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been a major news event, like illegal street yeah. racing, out of control, something, 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 blah, blah. Here's all the footage of burning cars. 
but it's fine. And then Brian is just pissed because Vin cheats somehow and beats him a little bit. But then he gets on the team anyway because he organizes for another dude to get raided. Hmm. Uh, so he gets on the team anyway. Like, why have the whole rigmarole? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I know. guess it's, we it's needed crazy. a car chase at this point. I'm just trying to go through my notes to see if there was anything else that I wrote down. Oh, did Dom jump out of his car in the tunnel into another car? Yes, yes, he did. Did someone have his car at the end? Was Brian driving his car at the end, or did he have maybe? Maybe he went back and got it. The, the 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 status of Dom's car, like it, Dom's car, is a real ship of this is. Um, <laughs> in the sense, that, yes. you know, like that's his signature car, like, like that 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 black uh, Dodge Charger. Yes. Um, with, with the big Hemi sticking out of the bonnet, it, it's his signature car. But it's like initially, it was like his dad's car. That that was the thing. That yes. was what made it special. Yes, and he like the car it. itself. And yet there's several points throughout the series where you're like, that can't be the same car. Like, like cause it, it's been, it's been destroyed. They're in a different country. Yeah. Like there's no way that's the same car. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, it just. Yeah. You'd think maybe keep the original and have a custom, you know, twin version made for yeah, your yeah. son adventures in uh, beating drug or, or Or three, you know, tri- triples. Triples is best. True. That is true. That's a, sorry. That's, that's a reference you obviously don't get. It's I don't a, that's get okay. that. I don't, what is that reference? All good. That's a reference to a sketch show, uh, to a sketch on. Uh, I think I think you should leave. I haven't um, seen that. It, it's amazing. Uh, like I, exactly my sort of humor. Um, not is for it, everyone. A bit so weird it's a sometimes. Sketch, it's a sketch comedy show. Yes, it's a sketch comedy show. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Well worth checking out. But yeah, there's a, a scene there where a, a guy is talking about his car collection, and he's like, you know, saying that um, you know, you have one, you could lose one. You're going to get two, but triples. Triples is best. Triples is safe, you know. (laughs) Well, funnily enough, the other thing that I have been watching is um, Poker Face. Oh, I love Poker Face. Oh, you've seen it? It's on Stan as well. Every single episode, it is a treasure. It's great. I love it it so much. It's so entertaining. I don't know why I I picked on it to watch, but I I just, I sort of did. And I, uh, I, it's glorious fun. It's just a great. TV, it's just fun and it's mystery, but it's an inverted uh, murder mystery. So you know who is the killer and how they did it. And it's watching her figure it out. And yeah, absolutely. Her kind of so- smoky, rusty voice going, okay, fine. Just pay me cash. I'll get out of your hair. And she can tell <laughs> lies. So she's always like, bullshit, bullshit. And I love its kind of 80s aesthetic, the way it has that yellow typeface. And it's just got a lovely, yeah. Highly recommend Poker Face. I'm, yeah. I've been enjoying that one as well. It's, um, as you said, a treasure. I think that's a good way to describe it. It's just a really great, good time show. And you have to watch it in order, but you can kind of do an episode, two episodes. You don't sort of have to, you don't get the Oh, it's definitely, it's, it's set up as a, like a, like a, and I, I was watching it weekly. Like, like it's, it's set up as ah, like a show, show of the week. Yeah. I, um, I'm, sort of I came thing. late to it. So I, I binged it, but I didn't sort of binge it all in one sitting. I, you know, had a, episode or two a day for a, for a yeah. few days there. So, but yeah, it's very, very Moorish and um, just some good guest appearances as well. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in one episode near the yes. end of the series. Does, and he's does fantastic. a great job. Yeah, they're all good. And Adrian Brody in the first episode is great. Yeah. And yeah, everyone just, um, and Ron Perlman at the end too. Gosh. Ron Perlman, Nick, Nick Nolte in one of the best episodes. Like, Nick, yeah, I thought yeah, that was Nick like, Nolte. He was great. And he was the sexiest man alive once. <laughs> Yeah, it was in rom-coms with Julia Roberts and everything. Yeah. 
God, that was um, a time. I have here in my hand the notes from my brother Simon. Excellent. About this I'm film. fascinated to know what he thinks about this movie. Because he sent me a text of Tokyo Drift in real life, underground car meet downtown Tokyo, capturing car culture, which I haven't watched yet. Sorry, Simon. And I said, oh, that reminds me. I've got to do the, you've got to give me your Fast and Furious thoughts. And so he said, I was going to ask when the next one is. Fast, four fast, four furious. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a, a, I wish I'd thought of that joke. Actually, this one was called Fast and Furious, and this is where the franchise slowly started to become good again. Vin Diesel returns, and he has to put aside his differences with Paul Walker to help take down this heroin dealer called Braga. Superwoman makes an appearance in this one. (laughs) Bless my brother. I, I don't know if he's much of a superhero guy, actually, and has a thing for Vin Diesel. The cars are cool again, lots of American muscle versus import, with Paul Walker bringing some cool imports such as the R34 GTR, if that makes sense to you. Uh, a grand, oh, autocorrector auto said a grand Turing, uh, as <laughs> a.k.a. Um, Alan Turing? Alan Turing? The scientist. Yes, yeah. No, yeah. The, the, the genius computer guy. I think he means Torino because that's that Torino. Yes. Uh, and a grand national make an appearance, which are cool American muscle cars. The storyline is okay with this one, and the stunts are too far-fetched like they are in the later ones. I can't recall any <laughs> funny moments off the top of my head. <laughs> I, wow. I don't think he means I don't think he means that as a as a as a uh, as an insult. I think he means, you know, like the stunts are too far-fetched, like they're over the top, I think is what he means. Yes, exactly. Although, he loves although... these movies. I don't think he's panning them, but yeah. No, no, totally. Um but but it sounds almost like we have the opposite view of whether the, of of how this uh, series sort of got, how, how, it, how it evolved over time uh, and our responses to that. That's interesting where he's like, oh, I think it got a bit crazy. I'm like, it got crazy and I love it. I, I'm, I'm sure my brother loves it as well. But I guess if you're starting from the whole what's plausible as car racing sure, and yeah. then you become superheroes, like I don't know that my brother is a big superhero guy. It is. Um, it's, it's fascinating actually because you, you're right. That's absolutely what happens. And I'd love to get his take if we can get it for maybe next movie might be a good one to do fast five to get him to sort of comment on how he see, because he's a car guy and says he's mentioning cars there, Mm. you know, like he's mentioning like cars that he sees in the movie. Whereas that, did not even register for me whatsoever. Like, <laughs> well, I the only the only thing that did was I, I I was like, oh, Brian got a skyline again because that's like his car. I, yeah, I noticed that Brian was in the Japanese kind of cars, and there there yes. was even some comment about he he says to Vin Diesel at one point, "I'm glad you've come into this century and you've got electronic fuel injection now, or something yes. like that." So there's sort of a little bit of, I guess, you know, Vin Diesel is classic American muscle, and and Brian yeah. is I'm here for the sharp, clean import technology things so yeah i don't know what cars are what the the green car was very cool looking but i don't Mm. know cars so for me it's the least it doesn't pop out at at me like you have to literally have an aston martin in james bond or you know an invisible aston martin in james bond (laughs) or the lotus that goes underwater and becomes a submarine in james james bond one of the coolest cars ever put to film so cool Um, so cool but it's that level whereas i don't you see a, a again. I, I've been watching Underbelly, so it's in my mind. There's a line where someone goes, "Oh, that's a nice car." And she goes, "Yeah, it's a Ferrari." She goes, "I know," and you know, someone goes, <laughs> "I know," and I'm like, "Oh, I probably wouldn't have even. I would have had to go. Oh, 
that's a Ferrari, is it? I was like, what they look like? <laughs> I have to go up to the, you know, the horse on the bonnet and look at it and go, I think that means it's a Ferrari. I think that's what that means. Although one of the, an interesting experience I had once in China, in Beijing, because I was staying in uh, Donjimin, which is near sort of one of the, I think more the richer areas of town. There's a lot of the ambassadorships and what do you call them? Um, yeah. Uh, what are they called where you go overseas and you're, where the ambassador, uh, not a commission, high commissions? What are they called? Embassies? Um, embassy. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, surely she can't be talking about embassies. Yeah, I'm talking about embassies. embassies. The word right. had completely left my vocabulary. I could not find it. Uh, beep, beep, boop. Yes. Yeah, so it was a lot of embassies, a lot of business, big business, and there's some fairly flush shopping centers around there, and it's all Yaguchi, Pucci, Prada, very expensive stuff. And at one point I was walking past and saw two Ferraris parked next to each other in the car park, like on the street. Mm. And I went, that's two Ferraris parked right next to it. Like, yeah. It's not that big a car park, but there are two Ferraris in there. Just people who popped in for some shopping <laughs> at designer boutiques in their Ferraris. Like you see them around occasionally. You might see a Ferrari, but it's rare to just walk past and see two of them parked. And see two of them next to each other. Yes, exactly. You know, I've got a Mazda 2. You'll find that I'm often parked next to another Mazda 2 <laughs> at the Chermside car park. But, I, you know, it's a Mazda 2. It's it's a great vehicle. But, um, oh, wow, this is getting... Uh, don't don't give them too much of a wrap, Natalie. Get the, get the Contra on board first. Come on. Yes. I could really do with a new car because in Adelaide I had a rent-a-car for a, for a week and a bit and it had a reversing camera. And I think mm. I finally got the hang of the reversing camera. I just... I find them really difficult to use. I don't trust them. Oh, okay. I don't trust. I, the beeping is good. That gives me an extra bit of like, oh, shit, you know, but generally. <laughs> uh, Just a little bit of extra anxiety. But it's it's like I can't, my brain can't sort of work out which way to turn because it's going, no, you're going this way. And anyway, by the end, it's like, oh, no, it's where you're going to be. It's what it's indicating. Sure. It's not yeah. where you are right now. It's where you're going to be. It's, a, it's very, it's very a, profound in that way. It is profound, isn't it? It's very much here's where you want to go or here's where you're about to go if you follow this path and then you can course correct, you know. It's <laughs> prognosticating, seeing the future. Mm. So I was starting to get the hang of it, but I, I don't have one of those fancy, you know, airplay, you plug your phone in and all of a sudden all your things come up and I got quite used to it. If Mazda wanted to sponsor the pod, we, by all we means. We can talk Mazda. I mean, I'm happy to talk Mazda. All day. In fact, any car company uh, that wants to come on board. I, I assume at some point there's been Mazdas featured in these movies, like at yeah, some stage. Yeah, well, hey, so. Ferrari, Ferrari or any other uh, Torino. No, actually, I don't really want a big American muscle car. They, they look too much maintenance. Uh, but any of the <laughs> Japanese imports, send my way. That would be great. Very happy to, to, to do that. Absolutely. Do we have to rank this film? Am I? Are we just procrastinating now? Should we just end oh, this sucker? Because we we should definitely rank it. I, I think um, I have a very clear idea about where it ranks on my list. I don't know about you. Yeah, you thinking... I, I went first last time. Um, uh, do you want to go first this time? I have a funny feeling that it's going to end up being last. Yeah, yeah, for I, me too. I it's... just don't think that I care about. <laughs> No, totally, totally. And it's one of those things where, I mean, you could probably argue that it's a better movie than certainly Tokyo, or maybe not Tokyo Drift, maybe Too Fast, Too Furious, I guess. Like you could you could argue that it's 
fine as a movie. Um, it's, it's the same, but plot it's as just too forgettable. Fast exactly, it, it, it's just exactly it, the same plot as Fast Two Furious. It doesn't Fury. have that cool dude. Uh, the cool rapper dude who was with Tyrese. Tyrese. It doesn't have Tyrese. It's got Vin, sure, but I just, <laughs> I just don't think I'll remember anything about it. Whereas at least with Tokyo Drift, I kind of remember all the ridiculous drifting shit. And no, and the crazy thing is, you really don't have to remember much from this movie going forward. The only thing you have to remember is that they killed off Letty. Ah, that okay. that becomes that becomes a big thing going forward. But yeah, otherwise, like this movie, you can you could pretty much skip this movie in a in a rewatch. And not really miss too much. And you would certainly be getting to Fast Five a lot quicker, which is good for anyone because not to not to tip my hand, Natalie, but I am looking forward to doing that movie. <laughs> I am too now. That's exciting. I'm also excited about Fast Five. That is where the series really spreads its wings. I, I can't mean, wait. I guess it sort of makes sense that you start to get a new name, whereas this was Fast and Furious. Yes. Very similar to Too Fast, Too Furious, as my brother sort of you know, quite wittily put Four Fast, <laughs> yes. Four Furious. Four Fast, Four Furious is perfect. Uh, so, yeah, well done, Simon. Um, okay, yeah, I think it's going to go last for me too because I yeah. kind of felt like, oh, I should probably put this higher because it is probably got a bit of a better budget. And But if you've got to pick one to watch. This is not earlier, it. <laughs> you'd probably pick the first or the second, you know. You'd probably go back to those ones rather than this. Yeah, it's an odd. Yeah, or- Although, although as I said, like this, this is the one that sort of kicks off the next phase of the movies. But, but this is very much a placeholder movie. They they had to get this one out of the out of the way to sort of set up the status quo again, and then they can just go crazy. It's funny because it's later than I thought. For some reason, I thought that this one would because um, Tokyo Drift was two thousand and six. For some reason, I thought you know Fast Five would have come out around two thousand and nine, but it's only four. So all of the crazy mm. ones come in the twenty tens. They do, yeah, yeah, they, and they really, Which they makes, really start pumping them out. <laughs> it actually now makes a lot of sense because the twenty tens is when stuff got real weird, Stu. Everything, well, sure, everything's just been getting weirder and weirder. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's it, I guess. I feel slightly anticlimactic. Yeah. No, no, I mean <laughs> similar to this movie. It is an anticlimactic. <laughs> I hope people sort of... have still enjoyed the the, the podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about. The underbelly You go watch underbelly. It holds up pretty well. It it holds up pretty well. And there's way, it, way more underbelly talk in this podcast than I thought there was going to be. But it, it really it really stitched things together. Look, there's a lot of drugs and sexy girls. It's sure. in the same wheelhouse as the first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I remember watching because it was such a big deal at the time. Like, and you watched it week to week, and I hadn't watched it since, and I, I had never really thought about rewatching it. And then I remembered, like, oh yeah, I'm quite interested in this part of Australian history like it's fascinating that because I I think when I was just starting out as a baby journo it was kind of all happening and so you'd have the odd Mm. you know there's been another gangland murder in in Melbourne and certainly by the time the it all ended and uh, you know you and I were at the radio station and you'd get stories in about person x and witness Mm. y and all these sort of who can't be named stories but um and then Carl Williams and that lot and yeah it's just it's a fascinating time and it, it's worth re-watching fast and the furious i don't know if i'd re-watch it <laughs> <laughs> to be fair um that's what this podcast is all about it's all about the stuff that's not what it says it's going to be all about <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> oh lordy well look i I, th- I think i think you will find next time with fast five 
I think you will find it's a little bit more engaging. Fantastic. I'm I'll, I'll leave you with it. that. <laughs> is, is it as the same length as this? Because this felt a bit long too for what it is. Ah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Is I'm not sure how long it is. Chases. I wonder if they start getting avatar length. Anyway, we'll find out. We'll find out, Stu. Indeed. Um, if you would like to call in about this podcast or the Fast and the Furious movies or indeed Underbelly, maybe I'll start a Twitter thread on Underbelly and just see if anyone bites. Did I ever show you? When Underbelly was first on, I got the theme music. It had very famous theme music, like It's a Jungle Out There. Ding, 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 This kind of <laughs> sort of slightly religious, like, oh, choral chorus onto this grimy street sort of theme. And I took that music and I got the old... It's one of the first films ever made, but it was first Australian films anyway. It was footage of like it was like a Ned Kelly movie that they made. Oh yeah, yeah, nineteen hundred or something. Yeah, the secret history of the, the the history of the Kelly gang. Yeah, something. and there's not much left of it, and it's all kind of corrupted. But there's this footage of Ned Kelly staggering around in the big hmm. metal tin hat and the armor and everything. And I took the music and I put it under that, and I just put up the. I made my own version of the logo with under Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and just, so just made this little video that was that music like it's a jungle out there with this old black and white footage of ned kelly like staring yeah. around it works surprisingly well it's still on youtube i'm I'm, I'm actually half surprised they didn't try to do a ned kelly underbelly maybe it's a step too far maybe given going back the, to bush ranger times given there were cops involved though like i know that's what i mean it was, they were they, they were a criminal gang they went back to the 20s so it's not that far, further back it's only another what 40 years back to ned kelly so yeah i want to do it now well no i mean oh they, they went back even further because they went back with uh razor they razor went was back the to 20s. like razor was uh, the 20s yeah i think yeah although they, did, they, did they go back 19- even did they go back even further than that i'm trying to think probably not anyway i don't know anyway it doesn't but yes matter. <sighs> under Kelly. Under Kelly. Great. I really want to do something about the Ned Kelly legend. I feel like there's a show there. I just don't know what it is yet. Well, have you um, seen have you seen the movie Ned? Is that the Heath Ledger one? No. No, no. That, that's that's the that's the fast the comedy farce movie that came out around the same time. Completely unrelated. Like like it it just was a a lo- locally made uh comedy movie all about Ned Kelly, but like just treating him like a, a buffoon, basically. I've never even heard this. No, I, I, yeah, it was, it was a thing. You probably, you probably can't even find it anymore. See, to so me, it's one of those movies that's probably dropped off off the radar. I feel like the Ned Kelly story needs a drag show because <laughs> he probably already has one. Well, I don't know. I just trademark Natalie if it hasn't, but because the thing <laughs> is, is that there's the sort of documented stories about some of them dressing up. Um, as women and whether that was to get away from things or actually just because they liked it is somewhat unclear or maybe it was a bit of both. But I just love the idea that these four, because they were all in their early 20s, they were all, they were basically the gangster, you know, well, they were the gang, Natalie, stupid thing to say, but they were all like 20 robbing banks and thinking they were tough and whatnot. Uh, But some of them used to drag up and I was like, I feel like there is a drag show, like the great Australian drag show. Ned Kelly and I mean I know it was brutal and he killed people and robbed banks I like I, sure um sure massive shootout at the end I get it but I feel like there's some kind of satirical drag element that the the drag community you know that that's where I have to get in I need to meet some drag performers because um, <laughs> you can't just waltz in and go hey I've got a drag show because uh, people are going to yell at you and you'd have to go look, I've got this idea for a drag show to drag people think this could work. Because I think mm. it could work. So trademark Natalie. 
Anyway, I'm just procrastinating now because I enjoy talking <laughs> to you so much, Stu, but I've run out of things about this movie to say. Yes, well, that, that's typically when um, these oh, things end. That's so. what I was saying. <laughs> you can contact us on Twitter. Yes, you were doing the outro. You were in the middle of the, the outro, outro and then you, you sidebarred. If you want to talk to us about either of these things, Underbelly or Fast and the Furious 4, uh, at Girl Clumsy, at Disco Stew. We're still on Twitter and you can chat to us. We shouldn't there. be, but we are. We love to have a call in. Join us, talk to us, in, in, introduce positivity into your life and into yes. Twitter. Facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne is the Facebook page. And, of course, the most important, my patrons, I love you so much. Big kisses. Patreon.com slash Girl Clumsy. Thank you once again uh, for all your support. If you want to go over there and chuck in a buck or two to help keep the podcast and other things rolling, that would be amazing. Um, but totally not required. It's a tough time at the moment. And, um, you know, cheers to everyone who's up there just plugging away because <sighs> interest rates, man, inflation, it's not, will it ever end? Probably not. Um, so, yes, um, I think that's everything. We will be back next time with Fast. Five. Looking forward to it. Any ideas or suggestions, you can get in contact with us. Until then, I guess all we have to say is we'll continue to live our life a quarter mile at a time because we are all about family. Family. <laughs> Bye. Family. Bye.